As we're looking to acquire systems, you know, going through it, making sure it's secure, um, making sure it's implemented correctly and it's managed, that's probably the other area where I spend a lot of time in terms of just the day-to-day -day interactions with LogicGate. Hi, I'm Megan Fee, and this is GRC and Me, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Today, we're interviewing Heath Anderson, our ISO director here at Logicate, as we talk about all things info security, as well as how we at Logicate use Logicate. Well, hi, Heath. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of GRC and Me. Thanks for having me, Megan. Absolutely. And I'm really honored. I do believe, and I think this is correct, that this is your first professional podcast. Is that right? It is. So I'm excited to do this thing. All right. Well, let's get into it. All right. So we would love to hear about your background in GRC, or as we know it as governance, risk, and compliance. So can you walk us through your journey as how you came to be the ISO leader at Logicate? Of course. It's always an interesting one because it's never a straight path. So, you know, similar to probably everybody, you know, you take several different jumps, never really expecting that you would get here, but it's been an awesome journey. I was going to say the big thing I think that ended up kind of pulling me into security and also GRC as a whole was really just, I started asking the question, why? You know, I started having these conversations with the, you know, the teams I was working with. And after a while, you start having, you know, enough asking of that question of why you start, you know, taking responsibilities and being responsible for it. So I kind of started my journey, you know, working with development teams in the Air Force. And so one of the things we were doing was, as you're developing software for, you know, mission critical systems for the Air Force, the requirements to make sure they're secure were established and just constantly changing. And so I was designing, you know, tests to make sure that our software was compliant. And then as the requirements changed, you know, I was, we were responding to those. And so that was really kind of the start of my kind of security journey was as I learned more and got to know like threat vectors and things like that, it really started to kind of like pushed me in that way. And so when I was actually getting out of the military and going to the civilian sector, started having conversations with various different consulting companies and ended up going with a, a great consulting company here in Chicago called Protivity. And so there I kind of wore, like you mentioned, lots of different hats, you know, did a lot of different things. And so one of the things that I kind of found was we were working on developing like holistic solutions for companies. And so, you know, we're starting from ground zero and just kind of building those things up. And so that was really kind of the start. And then, you know, as you do, you have different consulting engagements. And, you know, I worked a little bit in audit, kind of did a bunch of other different testing. And so that really kind of just carried me to the point where I was, you know, feeling like, you know, I wanted to kind of continue past the initial stage that consulting did. And so that kind of led me to starting to look for different opportunities. And so Logicate kind of came up and as probably everybody you know, the company would say is, you know, you start with the meeting of the great team. You're just like, wow, these people are awesome to work with. I saw the platform and I was like, you know what, if I would have had this at any point in my engagement, my life would have been so much easier. And so I think the combination of those things as well as just kind of being able to start it 
the beginning and build up into the kind of program I envision to make sure that our, you know, our customers are secure and our, you know, employees are secure. That kind of just took me to this point where I was like, yes, this makes sense. And so, you know, it's not been a straight journey since then in terms of everything, but I mean, in terms of those key recipe points, everything's been kind of met my expectations or even exceeded. So it's been a great opportunity to kind of jump in here and, you know, help Logicate move itself forward from a security perspective. Well, I think you touched on a really important point. And I, a lot of times when I'm having conversations with GRC practitioners, you know, a lot of them didn't study risk in college or think that they were going to end up in the role that they are. And many of them take winding paths. But I think your experience on the military side and then also working in a consulting firm, yeah, it allows you to see risk and use that threat from all different lenses, which allows you to have this appreciation for a holistic security program, which I think a lot of other practitioners who listen to this can acknowledge and can relate to because they themselves have had this kind of winding path. So thanks for walking us through that. But we see that emblematic in, you know, your day-to-day. And you just said a minute ago, if you would have known this tool existed, it would have made your life a lot easier in other roles. So when it comes to the day-to-day, how are you using Logigate's Risk Cloud today to add value for your program or for the company and in its whole? Sure. I was going to say, there's definitely some cases I use it more often than others. I guess the general answer is we try to find ways, you know, all across the board to utilize it. And so I would say probably the biggest ones that, you know, impact me on the day-to-day is our controls management. So like our working with our customers, you know, they want to ensure that we're doing the right things. And so getting things like SOC 2, as well as ensuring that we align to, you know, major frameworks like NIST and ISO, those kind of conversations come up a lot. And so having the ability kind of to demonstrate and kind of say, this is how we do these without having to kind of recreate the wheel and reassess ourselves is kind of probably the biggest thing that I kind of use as a sanity check on a day-to-day basis. The other piece is, you know, we're acquiring and utilizing lots of different technology from an enterprise perspective here at Logicate. And so that means just tons of different third parties from a back-end system perspective, you know, what finance system we're using, you know, other things like that. CRM, those kind of things. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is, you know, make sure that we're managing the risk appropriately there. And so as we're looking to acquire systems, you know, going through it, making sure it's secure, making sure it's implemented correctly and it's managed, that's probably the other area where I spend a lot of time in terms of just the day-to-day interactions with LogicGate. The other thing I'd like to say is that there's also just, you know, some non-standard use cases that we kind of find. I kind of find myself, you know, one kind of just tooling around in it every once in a while just to understand how a process could potentially work. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nice when you have those like automated steps and you can kind of see it flow through that I can kind of like experiment, try to see what works, what doesn't as I'm trying to come up with processes as we grow as a company. And so Mm -hmm. that's definitely that experimentation phase is also kind of an area where I can just sanity check myself in terms of just seeing how it would work without having to, you know, waste everybody's time by like walking them through and doing it, you know, in a meeting itself. I love that you use it in kind of a, like a QA or a testing incubator, right? To test out processes to drive efficiency for the company before you, you know, go to scale and you're doing that. You do that, what, instead of like using Excel spreadsheets or, you know, what would you do if you didn't have the tool? Yeah. I would say the big thing would be, yeah, it'd probably end up being Excel spreadsheets. It might also just be that I'll just put out the process. And one of the things you kind of run into is you're, I'm sure everybody on the GRC side is, you know, reality strikes. So you end up having this, you know, elegantly designed system that you feel like it's going to work. 
you, you know, stakeholders come involved and they start, you know, poking holes in it and then, you know, it morphs. And so one of the things that kind of helps me do is like start that testing, start to think about those and bring people in and just let them see how it works. And then that usually gets us to a quicker iterative approach in terms of developing our processes rather than having to solve for everything. We can kind of start simple and then evolve. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely been something where we wouldn't be able to do any of that without having logic gate to kind of be our sanity check to see it all in, you know, in action. Mm -hmm. That sounds really interesting. So are there any specific internal tasks that you or your team couldn't do or wouldn't be accomplished without the risk cloud? Yeah, I would say, I mean, going back to my earlier point, I think the controls management is definitely something where we've done a lot of work in terms of defining and aligning our different control families. And so I feel like I'm talking with our customer success team a good bit and just making sure that I'm understanding the controls and then leveraging LogicGate. And so one of the things that, you know, we'll do a lot of time is, you know, a customer will come and ask, you know, how do we, you know, do this ISO framework or, you know, how close are we to being compliant with, you know, this, you know, going through this process. And so I'm able to, to on the internal side, really just take a step back, look at, you know, our existing policies, procedures, and our platform design, and really just be able to go, okay, this is the way it works. Let me just layer in this extra thing and see if anything shakes loose that we're not currently doing, or maybe it's just a slight modified change. And so I would say that's probably the biggest thing from an internal projects perspective that the flexibility the risk cloud does is kind of gives us that ability to do that, do it quickly, and then, you know, provide a quick response to our customers in terms of the level of effort if they there's something that they want us to make sure that we can demonstrate. Mm -hmm. Well, and you yourself, you run a lean team. And I think you can, you are a lot like a lot of our clients, as well as a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast where, you know, you might be a lean team, have a lean crew, but a lot of responsibilities. And so what are some of the ROI metrics or KPIs that you've realized or achieved because of the risk cloud, whether it's, you know, because efficiency gains to put time back in the day because of that, you know, that lean teen dynamic. But what are you thinking about? What have you measured as that impact realized? Yeah, I think a good story kind of goes with, uh, in terms of ROI, was how we kind of got through our third-party risk management. So there's a lot of, you know, security considerations. We got to make sure that those are right. We got to make sure we're doing business with partners that we feel like we're going to be really good with us. And so one of the things that I'm sure everybody feels is like, think stuff changes on the fly. And so one of the things that from an ROI perspective that I was finding was it took me so much longer to catch back up when we kind of went back and circled back and talked with, you know, and reevaluated the vendor, you know, as we try to do on an annual basis. And so one of the things that I was asking for, for my finance team is also the stakeholders that own the systems is keep me up to date, like put it all in one spot so I can, can see it. Like we might start with a use case that, you know, doesn't involve, you know, certain types of data. And then as we learn and love the tool, we add on, we get an extra bit of contract or we change the use case. And so one of the things that we did was basically say, you know what, let's run all of our purchases for all of our different vendors through the same exact process. And so really aligning our vendors and all the different use cases. And so that way, when I kind of come back around and I'm doing my annual assessment, I'm actually able to see, hey, we made a purchase here six months after I did the initial vendor or you know whatever. 
And that includes these types of data sources. Now I know and I have a little bit better context to start asking smarter questions. And so rather real-time savings is I didn't have to go and ask all of those questions. It's all in one spot. It's all centrally located. And so I'm able to just jump right in, give the vendor you know, assessment over to the questionnaire over and basically be able to say, you know what, these are not applicable or now these are applicable. I mean, that will really kind of just give me the confidence that the information that they're going to give back has the right context and the right lens. So that way I can evaluate the risk appropriately. Okay, Heath, I just have another question for you about leading, managing an ISO program in this current state. So in this current climate, have you had to make any changes to the way that you run your team or your program to adjust for the new environment? Or how are you in general handling kind of this new normal that we're living in? For sure. I think that's a good question. I think one of the things that as I'm kind of looking at it is, you know, we can't make the assumption that, you know, our team is going to be joining, you know, and accessing certain systems from our company headquarters. And so, you know, that it requires you to kind of rethink your model. And so one of the things that we've been stressing from a security perspective is really try, treating every network as hostile. And so the model that kind of is utilized is like a zero trust. So if you assume that, you know, the environment that they're coming from is always going to be quote unquote hostile, you can actually then kind of reframe and make sure your security controls are consistent mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, every when everybody's trying to access these systems, one, they're able to do it. And then two, they're also able to do it in a secure fashion. Mm-hmm. And so I think going through that effort in these current times, is just good practice because now we can kind of just keep that in place as we kind of go back and hopefully, you know, here in the, the next couple of months into back into an office environment, but it'll still allow us to have that flexibility of, hey, you're able to do whatever because we've made sure that those security controls that we established for our office are now able to be rolled out everywhere. And so that Wi-Fi location that you're joining has the same level of protections as it would if you were actually at our you know, company headquarters mm-hmm. itself. Heath, that's just really great tactical advice when whether you're continuing to lead initiatives from a security lens, you know, in the current state and, and everyone's remote, or as we all venture into this kind of return to work in different phases, I think that's a great lens to look at it and obviously a great way to approach security in general just being mindful of every every endpoint being protected and and all of that so awesome so Heath I just have one final question for you for today's podcast we talked a lot about your diverse background kind of what led you to be the ISO leader here at Logic Game you were in the military you worked on unique projects there you spent some time in consulting But we also know that you have diverse interests outside of Logicate, including a skill that you harnessed, which is painting. And you actually led painting classes at Logicate, which I have participated in and very much love that. So how did you acquire that skill? And tell us more about that. For sure. I was going to say, it actually started pretty young. My mom is actually a painter. So, you know, got into it from that. Got quickly, you know, as I got into high school, I was like, you probably, if I would have asked my, uh, you know, 16 year old self, I would have been like, I'm going to be a painter, yep. like that's going to yep. be my dream and everything else. And so what was the funny thing is once college, you know, started looking at my parents were like, Hey, you can always do this as a hobby. Like you could do that, but you should probably like get yourself another skill. So that way, if the, you know, the art profession doesn't like knock itself out, you'll be able to yep. lean on that. And so I kind of just took that went to school, got my engineering degree, continued the painting on the side. And I've really just tried to use that as like a source of decompression. So it's been great just to have the ability to, you know, go and set everything down 
forget what's going on at work and really just kind of like focus in and get my creative creative juices out. Yeah, and now <laughs> you probably a silver lining is you probably have a little bit more time to focus on your art. I was gonna say I definitely do. Uh, my fiance is definitely tired of seeing all the amount of paints and everything else that's kind of going on because we don't have that much space. But uh, it's yeah. definitely been a source of you know, in this whole time, just sanity check, just giving me some sense of normalcy. Yeah, I hear ya. Well, Heath Anderson, thank you so much for joining us today. Another episode of GRC and Me. Awesome. Thank you, Megan.